Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, good morning, Fusion fam. So good to see you all this nice and early Monday morning. Um, before we hop in, a couple quick announcements. As always, um, one, if you missed it yesterday, catch the last week of um, our Deep and Wide series. So cool, so good from Pastor Brennan of the Word to dig into this last week together. We got the reach, week one, we got the equip. Now week uh, three, the go, my personal favorite, not going to lie, uh, is going. How we're living out God's Word in our communities, in our nation, in the world. Amen. So if you haven't had a chance to, make sure you catch it. You're going to want to really get a great way to end this whole series and put the whole vision of Houston Church together, right? Uh, another announcement. Today it marks the first day, first week of our Connect Group semester for this fall. If you're in a group, make sure you connect with your Connect Group leader and make sure you're getting um, the books you need, the, the time, the room, whatever you need to do to get to your meetings this week, if they're beginning this week. Um, if you're not in a group yet, what you waiting for? This is the, the last day, like the last time to get into a group before they begin this week. So if you haven't yet, make sure you check out fusionchurch.cc slash connect groups. Make sure you check out the little um, groups tab on the Church Center app or the Fusion app and get connected. It's the last chance to get connected. You know, here on the soaping is great, but getting into God's word, not just Monday mornings, not just for a half hour, but for a full period of time with other people, fellowshipping, whether it's in person or on Zoom, is really the way to grow your faith. So keep growing your faith in addition to this opening and get plugged into a connect group this fall. Um, also coming up this Saturday, 23rd, is Heart for the House. It's going to be a huge day. We have as many hands and hearts as possible to love on the house that loves us. And we're going to go through the warehouse and clean it out. All right. God's on the move in our building, in our community, right? The best thing we can do is to prep and steward the next move of God, right? He's not going to move until we're ready right? So we need to make sure we're getting ourselves ready and have some time to clean out the warehouse, have teams together to really go through, you know, throw things away, save some things, and most excitingly, prep for the Christmas season, right? There's so much stuff back there, high up on shelves. We need to get the Christmas stuff down, make space, and all that kind of fun planning stuff, right? So um, Saturday morning, September 23rd, from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., or any time you can give between then, please. Anytime counts, as many hands and hearts as possible to love and bless this amazing house. All right, lastly, uh, real quick, is Sunday coming up is a new start of our message series, a uh, new message series called Identity Theft, right? If you caught the message yesterday, saw the promo video for it, it looks really good, right? Say so how, you know, our identity is in Christ, but the enemy tries to steal that identity, right? Identity theft. And so how, how do you find your identity? How do you reclaim it? How do you walk in it, right? All things we'll be talking about during this upcoming series. So make sure if you haven't caught uh, the promo yet from the message yesterday, catch it, get excited, share it with somebody else who's lost in their own identity and get people out here and let's hear an amazing new series from Pastor Brendan. All right, amen. All right, so let's, uh, all that being said, let's pray. We'll dig into God's word and we'll see what he has for us. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much today, Lord God, 
Another day we get to come together as your daughters and your sons to praise you, to bless your name, and just to walk in your grace and your love and your blessings for us. Pray now, Lord God, you would open our hearts and minds, eyes and ears to your word. Let each one of us hear and speak exactly what you need us to know this morning, Lord God. Whether it's a message from um, the, the life of, of David, life of Saul, um, or any other lives you're about to talk about this morning, Lord God. Pray you just minister to our hearts this morning as exactly as we need you to. I pray I would decrease and you would increase. But be your words, Holy Spirit, not my own. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together. And I can't wait to see what you have for us. I place and pray and bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you haven't yet, get a quick little stretch, get a quick little sip of some water, hydrate. Let's dig in. So today we are in First uh, Samuel 31, the last chapter of First uh, Samuel. All right. Um, so previously on Soaping, dun, 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 um, we were following the side-by-side stories of King Saul and David as they face their enemies. Right. Um, King Saul is about to go into battle with the Philistines. And David's actually on the side with the Philistines, as we were just reading over these last few days, right? Um, so we read the outcome of David's side. You know, he was sent home from the battle and he went back and he um, found victory in uh, reclaiming what was lost after another uh, enemy came and pillaged his his hometown, right? Uh, so now we're about to read Saul's side of that same, it was that same battle they're about to face, right? So this is... Uh, First uh, Samuel 31 of the New International Version, NIV. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, it's entitled, Saul Takes His Life. Okay, so there we go. Um, so here we go, digging in verse 1. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul. And when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through. And these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me. His armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men died together that same day. When the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They cut off his head and stripped off his armor, and they sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of their idols and among their people. They put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths and fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. When the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men marched through the night to Bethshan. They took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh, where they burned them. Then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Amen to God's word. All right. So. Not the most pleasant way to start our morning, let's be honest, okay? Um, but it's there's so much wisdom in this. Uh, again, we're seeing a couple uh, shorter chapters recently, right? Some long chapters in the beginning of Samuel. Now we're getting some little shorter segments. But there's so much to dig into and only 13 verses, right? Let's do it. Let's dig in. All right, so starting off, verse 1, right? 
Now the Philistines fought against Israel. Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. My first question as I read this is, why did they flee? You know, we've been reading time and time again about Israelites going into battle against their enemies, coming out victorious. You know, we read about Saul and his victories, you know, and David, his victories. Like, these are all God's chosen people, right? So I read this, and my first question is, why did they flee? You know, what were they facing? What were they thinking in their hearts and their minds that caused them to flee? What if they hadn't fled? You know, what if they had, had confidence in who they were going into battle and they stood up for themselves, stood up for their families, stood up for their hometown, right? But they didn't. They fled. And they fled. Um, it was The battle was so one-sided from the enemy that they, were, they fled back to Mount Gilboa. And if you remember back from 1 Samuel 28, Gilboa was actually the base of the Israelite camp. And so what we're hearing, we're reading here is that the battle was so lopsided against the Israelites that they retreated all the way back to their camp. That's how bad this was. They came back from the battle with their tails between their legs. You know, they were, they were hurting, you know, and yet that wasn't enough. You know, it's not like they came back to their home base and they were safe, right? Sometimes we, we try and get comfortable. We're like, oh, if I just go back to this thing, I'll be safe. If I just go back to this sin, just go back to this relationship, just go back to, you know, um, that that job or that that place I felt comfort, you know, I think I'm safe. No, the reality is the enemy's going to keep chasing you back to that place. And when he finds you that place where you're trying to be comfortable, you're trying to hide out, what's going to happen? Same thing happened here. Many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. There is spiritual, not just physical death, but spiritual death in, in running back to our comfort zones. You know, the enemy, he doesn't care. The enemy's not going to stop. Oh, Boundary lines. Let me stay here now. No, he's gonna keep. He kept chasing the Israelites back. He's gonna keep, keep chasing us back, right? And the um, the irony in all of this, this battle, this like last chapter, is that these were the same men of Saul that have been chasing David for years, right? Saul was so afraid of David, he'd been chasing him down. Remember, and so the same uh, men that were chasing down David and pursuing him were now being pursued by the enemy right? And the same ones who have been following Saul blindly through his sin, through his freedom issues, through his, you know, rejection and fear and bitterness he was dealing with, you know, um, these same men were now fallen to the same outcome as Saul, you know, they were caught up in his sin and his, everything he was dealing with, but they didn't escape the sin, right? You can be caught in someone else's sin sometimes and you still follow the same outcome as the person who started the sin, right? If you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people, surrounding yourself with, with people who are not um, of the same mind or heart as you, if they're not God's best for you, what's going to happen? Not God's best for you, right? And so it's it's so heartbreaking seeing these men who were thought they were trying to honor their 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 person, their you know their leader, and yet poor leadership corrupts not just the leader, but all those around them, right? So if we're surrounding ourselves with the wrong people. We're going to fall into those sins as well, not just our own sins, right? We all have our own sins to deal with. I, I'm preaching to myself here, right? I have my own sins to have to deal with. But if I fall into the wrong people, I also fall into their sins as well, right? Just like we do. Just like we saw these men do, right? And again, falling into other people's sins is not just a physical death, but spiritual death. Amen? Continuing on, um, verse, verses 2 through 6. Philistines are in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons. And they kill the sons, you know. And then what happens is the fighting grew so fierce around Saul in verse three 
And when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Because the reality is, we can only run from our problems for so long before they overtake us. You know, Saul tried everything he could to run and hide. And what happened? The archers overtook him. He has back turned. He was, you know, not trying. He was trying to run away from the problem, away from what he was facing and overtook him. You know, instead of trying to rally his men, trying to overcome the enemy, trying to say, hey guys, you know, going back to God. Instead of going, hey, guys, we are God's chosen people. If we seek the Lord, you know, we can trust his refuge. We can trust his protection. We can trust the victories we've seen him win before for us. He didn't do any of that. He gave up. He gave up and allowed himself to succumb to the battle, to succumb to death, to allow the enemy to overtake him, right? Because he gave up. And it's so hard to read this and so hard to, to process this and pray through this, right? But the reality is that cowardice and disobedience running from God rather than to God, it all leads to death. Not Again, not just physical death. Like, hear me, it's not just physical death. It's that spiritual death, that spiritual connection we have with our Heavenly Father, that relationship, right? When we lose that, it leads to death. And what we're reading here, even, even more heartbreaking, not just death for ourselves, not just death for that that one leader who who fell into sin, that one leader who strayed, that one you know person that we we don't like, but it's not just it's not just them, but it's also their families. It's also those around them, right? That's why it's so important for us to be praying for for Pastor Brendan, praying for all of our pastors and our staff, praying for our, our you know county, state, national leaders, right? Because the way the leader goes, so the people are also going to go, right? For so, there's only so much we can run and say, oh, it's leader's problem, not my problem. Because at some point, we're all being led by someone. We're all being being led by something, right? So that thing or that person we're being led by is not covered in God's protection, covered, filled with God's wisdom. There's only so long we as people can run before it catches up to us too, right? So get your heart right. Get your mind right. Yes, that's amazing. It's, we all need to do it. We also need to be praying for our leaders, praying for those who are allowing us, allowing to be led, but allowing ourselves to be led by, you know? Because imagine, imagine if all of Saul's people, his thousands of soldiers have been praying for him. How much more could he have heard from God? How much more could he have come to repentance, right? Because that, that's what happened is he never came to repentance. He was so caught in his own self. And he lets people astray, you know? It's so hard to read this. But in the end, we also see the goodness of God in all this, right? Because so, God's spirit had left Saul, right? Saul had been so far gone from God that God was God left. He he rested on David, right? And through this whole battle, because David was protected, David wasn't in the battle. Saul was, you know, David was sent home from the Philistine camp. But through all this, David now had a path to become king without having to kill Saul. He, he had what, two, three opportunities to kill Saul himself, and he didn't. And what happened? Because he was faithful and obedient to what God called him to do in not killing Saul. God was faithful to kill Saul and to handle his David's enemy for him. Amen. So now he's able to become king and lead the Israelite people without having King Saul's blood on his hands. You know, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. You know, vengeance is not mine or yours, but the Lord's. Amen. And when we stand back and let God be God, God takes care of us. No matter what that looks like, right? Again, so if you're reading from Saul's perspective, it seems really unfair, you know? Oh, well, he killed Saul. He killed all his lineage. Like this whole, you know, things and un- un- unfolding. From David's perspective, the one who is faithful to God, it shows God's faithfulness, right? 
And so it's so hard. Again, heartbreaking is the only word I can keep thinking of, you know, is that for Saul, he was so lost. He was so unrepentant that he had no perspective on life. And we get that place, place in our own life sometimes, right? Where we just, we're so broken. We're in such a deep, deep depression. We're in such a place of hurting and pain and confusion and disillusionment, whatever you want to call it, of fear, of anxiety. When we get to that place when we have no perspective on life anymore, all we can think about is death. That's exactly where we find Saul, right? Uh, Matthew Henry, who's a 17th century uh, English minister, had a great commentary. He talked about how uh, those are those are in a deplorable condition, indeed, who, being bitter in soul, like Saul was, long for death, but cometh not. Especially those who, sparing the mercy of God, like Judas, or in this case, like Saul, who's so unrepentant, leap into a hell before them, to escape a hell within them. Wow. That breaks my heart. Again, Saul's a bad guy here, right? But I can still feel for this bad guy because I'm, I've been unrepentant to God before. I'm not perfect. But the sad thing is, Saul was so lost. He was so broken. He had years and years upon years of unrepentance backed up. He never went through freedom. He, he never got in a freedom group or soul care group to deal with the junk in his life, right? So he had... 70 plus years of junk built up that led to this. It led to that, like, like um, the minister, uh, Pastor Henry said, to escape a hell within them, he killed himself. He fell on his sword because there was so much hell going on around him of, of being broken away from God. That was his only option. And there's people in our lives today that, that can relate to that feeling. And those are the kind of people we need to come to and, and journey alongside and give them the hope and the love and the light of Jesus. Because again, th- this is an, ex- an extreme case, but it's not, it's not a case that is unfamiliar in our day-to-day, right? People who are still caught up in unrepentance, people caught up in their minds and their thoughts, in, in their bitter hearts, right? And they're so far from God, they're stuck in the hell of themselves. And those are the kind of people we need to go and find salvation with, go find hope with, go find healing with, right? So if you know someone like that in your life, bring them to church. Invite them to come. Invite them to join your connect group, right? Whether it's a, a, a Bible study or it's a, just a regular fellowship group, right? Having the right people around them is what brings people out of this place. Saul didn't have that. He had the wrong people around him. He had only his own men, right? And so he was stuck in that place of hurt and bitterness and rejection and loneliness from God. But that's not, that's not your story today. It doesn't have to be someone else's story today, right? Dig into what God has for you. Find that person and to journey alongside with them, right? And say, hey, look, I know you're feeling this way and it sucks and it's hard. Let me help you find a way. Hey, I've been there myself. So let me help you find what I found to get out of it. Maybe you're still stuck in it today. Maybe you're like, hey, hey, Heather. Hey, Pastor Harry. Hey, Nick. Hey, whoever it might be, you know, hey, Pastor Jason over at Cumberland County. Hey, Papa Hernandez, whoever it is, you know, Pastor John, like find someone to come alongside you and journey with you through that hell you're going through, right? And come back to repentance. Come back to repentance. Like Pastor Jason talked about Wednesday, you know, we never know when when we when we'll be called back. And that's just so so frustrating in this case, right? Because Saul knew, you know, in 1 Samuel 28. The spirit of Samuel told Saul, you know, tomorrow you will join me. You will join me. You and your sons will join me. Like he knew Saul. Saul knew his day was coming. 
Yet he was still so unrepentant. God gave him every chance to repent up until the last day, and he still didn't. 72 plus years of, of bitterness and rejection and all of this, and he still didn't repent. And that's why we, we were blessed every single morning right now as you're listening to this. You have breath in your lungs. You have a beat in your heart. Now is your time for repentance. And if you're coming in this morning or right now and you're like, wow, I am, I'm in right standing as much as I can be, praise God for that. We have the gift of repentance. Praise God you can have that place in your life. But if you're not, you know, who is that person or how do you need to make that right? You need to come to this morning. Come to God and say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm not perfect like you are. So help me be more like you, you know? And that's our first application question this morning. Very, very bluntly, are you, are you in right standing with God today? Not relationship, because we all can be in relationship, right? But right standing as much as you humanly can be. Except if, if so, praise God. If not, now is your chance. Take a moment, pause this podcast. If you listen to the podcast or the YouTube video afterwards, pause it and talk to God. Repent. Because that next moment or two moments or next day, next week, next year might not come. Reality is it might not come. So take this chance now while you have this gift and use this gift of repentance. Amen. All right. Continue on. Verse seven. Um, when the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled, and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled. And the Philistines came and occupied them. Be aware of the example you are setting for others. Be aware of your example. Because the enemy will not only to take you down, but those around you and those in your sphere of influence down, right? Even the, the, the Israelites across the valley, across the Jordan, on the other side of the river, so they weren't even in, you know, the immediate sphere of Saul. And yet they saw from afar what was happening and they fled. And when we flee from God's presence, when we abandon that place in our heart that he belongs, the enemy just moves right in and occupies us, occupies our lives, occupies our homes, occupies our workplace, right? That's so frustrating again, because these were God's people. These are the people we have chapter upon chapter upon chapter upon chapter upon chapter of victories of that God fought for them and won for them, you know? Across the Jordan, the very Jordan he parted to get them to where they, where they were, right? Like, this is not a God who has been unfaithful. This is not a God who's, who's been sitting back for the last couple generations, right? Watching his people flounder and die. No, this is God's people that, that saw, you know, generations of his victories. And yet they're still the ones who are seeing for fleeing. And when they saw the human, the Saul, who God appointed, remember? It's, you know, they wanted a king and God gave them a king. When they saw that human had died, they abandoned their towns and they fled, right? They were so focused on what they could see. They lost flight of what they couldn't see, who's God, right? The earthly versus the eternal, right? We lose sight of the earthly. We take, we get discouraged. We get um, hopeless because we see what's on the earthly side of things. We can't see the eternal side behind it, right? And so we flee. Like I said, when we flee from God's presence, we open that place up and have abandonment of God's place in our hearts, where God's called us to, and we just moves right in. So second application question, we're going through today, taking notes. Are you facing or are you running from your battle today? Are you running to God or from God in the midst of your battle? And more importantly, what example is that choice you're making setting for your family or others around you? 
So we see what the wrong choice does, how Saul made the wrong choice and what that did for his people. And don't let that be your story too. Continue on verse uh, verse eight. Uh, the next day the Philistines came and stripped the dead and we see what happens, right? They find Saul, find the three sons of Mount Gilboa and they mistreat their bodies. You know, they cut off his head, they take off his armor and they actually um, fasten their bodies to the walls of their temples, right? And if you go back a few, just a few verses before this, what did Saul say? Why did Saul um, take his own life and then ask his armor bearer to, to finish him off? He said in verse four, uh, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me. So Saul tried to take his, his even his death in his own hands, right? That's control issues. He tried to take his own death into his hands to avoid getting um, abused and found out by the, the uncircumcised Philistines. And what happened? Even though he took his own life, so they wouldn't abuse him, they still took advantage of him and still mistreated his body. Which in the day, which still is now, but especially back then, that is actually the highest form of disrespect to mistreat someone's body, right? Especially in the case of God's chosen, like, like Saul was, glorifying their God, the pagan gods of the Philistines with his body is showing basically that, basically saying their God is better than his God. Our, see, our God, our gods are, you know, our gods brought us victory over this, this Israelite God's chosen one, right? And that's disgusting. That's so disrespectful towards not only Saul and his sons and the Israelites, but against God. That's how far Saul had, had, had fallen, that, no, that God was no longer even honoring him, is that he had, he had gone so far from God's honor and God's protection, his body is being desecrated through it. And so I had to think to myself, what would happen if he had fought back? If Saul had even tried to fight, if Saul had even tried to, you know, have a chance he might not have died or been humiliated, what could have happened, right? But that's a heartbreaking thing, you know? When, when we choose to stop fighting, we choose to give up, we choose to, you know, take our own ways in our own hands, and the enemy overtakes us, we can't choose what happens next to us. If the enemy overtakes us, the enemy has control over us, that's it. And he had control over, over Saul and his death. So he couldn't choose what happened next to him. You know, he even tried, like I said, he tried not to be abused. He tried to, you know, avoid this humiliation. But the enemy doesn't care. The enemy's not going to say, oh, well, you know, he didn't want to be abused. He didn't want to be humiliated. So we'll give him a break. No. If the enemy's coming for you, he's going to come for you. He's going to humiliate you as much as he can, right? And so it's up to us to really to, to come to God, right? To have God's protection around us. To have God's presence around us, right? Because if we don't have that, the enemy can do whatever he wants to us. And, and that's the sad truth, right? And so we see here with Saul. The enemy had no regard for Saul. And so he came in to whatever he wanted to abuse him and his sons and make a fool out of God, right? We see how, we'll see how God rectifies this in a little bit, a couple of next chapters. But for right now, this is where we're at, right? Um, and then verse 11 through 13. Uh, when the people of Jabesh Galid heard what happened, they took matters into their own hands, right? So this is the valiant men. Because even in the midst of all this going on, God's still on the throne. God's still sovereign. He can still send people in to help us, right? Even Saul, Saul was dead. His sons were dead. Like they were beyond physical help, but there's still spiritual help that God can send into that, that situation you're facing. And so that's what we're here, you know? Um, if you remember from 1 Samuel 11, uh, Jabesh Gilead was actually the city that Saul rescued 
in 1 Samuel 11, before he was even king, right? He was in the field. He came back from the field and he heard about the Philistines um, coming to attack the city. So he rallied the men together and he went to go save the city. So and that was over 40 years ago, you know? So we're coming. So 40 years later, that's a generation and a half, almost two generations ago, right? That Saul did this. And these people were still honoring him, still showing gratitude to his memory and going to to, to rescue his body, rescue his sons, right? And they treat him well. You know, they, they took his body and they um, cremated him and buried his bones and they fasted for seven days. Like that's, again, so we see the highest form of disrespect from the Philistines, the highest form of honor from the Jebeshkali, you know, and the city of people that still honored Saul despite everything else. And can we see how God, you know, God can can show up in any situation and and bring the right people into that situation to bring wholeness and healing and restoration. Amen. So I thought that, so as, as we close out, um, I thought this was actually was really cool. So if you remember back in August when we started uh, the book of First Samuel, I was actually teaching on the day of First Samuel one. So here I am, day you know whatever later, First Samuel thirty one. So I kind of sat there for a moment and I'm like, okay, God, what can we learn? So since you know, what can I learn? That's all of us. What can I learn from Samuel from chapter one, chapter t- chapter thirty one? What can we look at? How can we, you know, bookend this whole book of Samuel, right? Because God's word isn't just a chapter by chapter book, right? It's living, it's active, it's a continuous account, right? So right here you live to read one day at a time. It's, it's all compounding, right? So, okay, God, what can we learn from Samuel one to Samuel thirty one, right? And a couple of different things, um, really. From bookend to bookend, it's a story of comparisons, right? From the very beginning, from chapter one with Hannah to now with Saul in chapter 31, we're seeing two stories of people who want what other what someone else naturally has, right? Hannah natural Hannah couldn't have children, and she wanted what her um her sister wife, you know, her um the I can't I can't remember her name right now, but how um her husband's other wife could have children and she wanted that. And Saul, he wanted that leadership that David had. He wanted that anointing back that was given to David after Saul lost it, right? And it's a story of comparisons, a story of two people trying to perform, right? And hurting those around them because of that performance. But the differences in the responses of these people, right? Differences in Hannah's response versus Saul's response, you know? Beginning of the book, end of the book. We see how Hannah's response to this comparison trap she was caught herself in was going to God and seeking him versus God versus Saul's response, this comparison between him and David and getting bitter and getting violent and getting angry and resentful, right? And running away from God, you know? And how is it, what's the, what's the outcomes? Hannah's response, running to God in comparison, it led to life. Led to her being blessed, led to her having Samuel. The whole point of the book, right, is Samuel the prophet. Because of her devotedness to God, we have Samuel. We have this whole book, you know? And because of his rejection of God and his comparison, his bitterness, his um, his running away from God and running, you know, to humans and his own self for control and for um, approval, Saul led to death, right? He killed, not only was he killed, mortally wounded by his enemy, he killed himself. He was in so much um, pain, so much mortal um, injury, he killed himself. So we have life and death 
promotes comparisons, you know? Um, it also continues on now, more comparisons, right? We can have begin the book with the birth of Samuel, like we talked about, and the burial of Saul. Again, such stark contrast of comparisons between two men, you know, and how these two men lived their lives, right? Samuel honoring God from the time he was born. You know, he's promised to be, you know, by his mother to serve in God's temple. And that's the point of Saul. Saul was supposed to be serving God's people, serving God as the leader, right? Both these men here to lead God's people. And yet one stayed faithful to that calling. One man, one man stayed, stayed true to what God had for him. I think man didn't, right? It's again, we're seeing what happens when we honor God and we don't honor God. You know, we walk in God's best for us, we walk in God's plan for us. We walk in, in humility and service to God. We walk in rejection of that. We walk in pride. We walk in bitterness. We walk in, you know, building our own self up. We walk away from what God has for us. Again, life and honor and death and humiliation, right? Even going through, you know, the last few chapters and seeing David in this, the last few chapters, David's battle and Saul's battle, right? Difference in the outcomes there, you know? David had 600 men. And if you go back, he actually had 200 stay back in the camp. So he had 400 men to fight the battle versus Saul, who had thousands of men in his army, right? First um, Samuel 30, yes, uh, Friday, talks about how David, in verse 6, found strength in the Lord. And because he found strength in the Lord, when he inquired of the Lord in verse 8, the Lord answered him and gave him victory, gave him insight, you know? Whereas Saul, he's, he inquired of the Lord in 1 Samuel 28, and God didn't answer him because he was so far from God at that point. And what happened? Instead of going to God and keep inquiring of God, Saul went to a medium. He went to um, called the Witch of Endor, right? And he sought God in an unholy way, in an, un, an ungodly way, right? And that led to him getting the word from Samuel that he was going to die. And so again, you find strength in the Lord and seek what he has for you with earnest, you know, open heart. God's going to answer you versus Saul, who was so far from God, he couldn't hear God. He was so, his, his own head, his own voices, his own heart issues, right? He couldn't hear from God and led to him going even further from God, straying from God to get a word. And he still lost his life. You see David in a battle, you know, um, in, uh, from Friday. David came and took back his city that was his hometown that was overrun by the Philistines. And what happened? They were, his people were safe. His family, all his men's families were safe. It says in verse 18 that he recovered everything that Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing. Praise God. He sought God. He heard from God. He was obedient to God. And God had protection over him and his people. Whereas what happened to Saul? He was far from God. He didn't hear from God. He went further from God. He fought and was disobedient to God and repentant towards God. And Saul and his men lost everything. Saul lost his family, his sons. All the men died. The people of Israelites even left. They lost their homes. Not even his men, but all the Israelites moved in, across the Jordan and across the valley. And they lost their homes, right? So again, so many comparisons in this amazing book of Samuel, seeing, like I said, from the first to 31st chapters, seeing where are we in this book, you know? Where are we in our comparison traps? Where are we in this season of life right now, you know, seeing ourselves with other people, right? 
And how, who are we living at like? How are we walking with God? You know, all these really deep questions that if you need to take an extra couple of days and go back through Samuel, first Samuel again, before we go into second Samuel, the rest of this week, do it. You know, there, again, there's so many rich people, rich characters to, to learn from, role models of the faith. And those, those lessons, do you write the people who did not walk in the faith? Those were good warnings, right? I forget who it was on the soap or someone recently said, you're either, um, you're either a lesson or a warning. You're either an example or a warning. You know, it can be an example like David was to seek the Lord, like Hannah was to run to God, just like Samuel to serve the Lord or warning like Saul. We don't do those things, right? We stray from God when we fall into our sins, fall into our freedom issues and see what God has when God takes what, what he has his best for us is taken from us, right? So as we close out, a couple application questions to review. Um, question number one, are you in right standing with God today? Not relationship, like we said, relationship is great, but right standing as much as you humanly can be is so crucial. Again, if you are this morning, if you woke up and repented or went to bed last night and repented, praise God. But if not, if you're feeling something, that conviction of the Holy Spirit of where or who or how you need to come to God to repent today, do it. Please do it. Please, please, please do it. Unlike Saul, you might not know when your time is coming, right? To take the chance you have now to repent and come back to God with an open, healed, whole heart. Question number two, are you facing or running from your battle today? Are you running to God or from God in the midst of it? And what example is that choice setting for yourself for your family, and for others around you. And three, as we close out, how is your story of comparison ending today? If you're stuck in that comparison season, or you're just stuck in in a a season of um, maybe unfaithfulness, a season of being, um, not serving the Lord as you you, you know you're called to, right? A season of running from God, right? Whatever that looks like, how is your story ending today as we end this chapter of 1 Samuel? You can end your story with life, or with death, or with fruitfulness and blessing, or with rejection and losing God's protection over your life. Of a good example, like Samuel and Hannah, or the poor example, like Saul. Please, please, please take these questions, pray over them, prepare your heart as we close that one chapter and go into the next chapter of God's word. See what he has for you today in this season ahead. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust in it. Thank you that we can learn from it, that we can take hope in it. And that, God, you, you speak words not of condemnation, not of guilt, not of shame, but of love through it, God. I pray right now, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would bring wisdom, would bring insight, or bring conviction, Lord, to myself and to all those listening, God, this morning or whenever we're listening. Thank you, Lord, that you, you never stop speaking. Your word doesn't just end on chapter 31, on this page, God, you continue you continue speaking to your people from generation to generation because you're so, so faithful. So God, help us be faithful this morning as we respond to your word. Open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds as we continue the rest of our day and our week, how we can best respond to your word, Lord, and empower us to walk with you. Empower us, Lord, to come to you with repentance and, humi- and humility and, and dependence on you. 
Open us, Lord God, to be a source of hope and light and love to those who are around us who may need repentance in their own lives and who are feeling hopeless and feeling lost, God. Help us to be that lifeline for them, to bring them back to you, Jesus, to the hope and the life you offer. I thank you, Lord, that we can trust all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Good word. Good morning. Good evening. Whenever you're watching this, to everyone here, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to join you guys again soon and keep digging into God's word as we continue these next chapters ahead. So be blessed. Have an amazing rest of your day.